hope everybody's doing good. Happy Thursday night. 30, well, an hour and 30 minutes until the last and final presidential debate tonight between the future winner and future and current president, Donald Trump, who won the debate tonight. I guarantee you he'll win in smashing success tonight. It's going to be good. I think it'll be epic. And we are on day 215 of... 15 days to flatten the curve. Many states still closed. California, Oregon, Washington, New York, New Jersey, Maine, North Carolina, Virginia, many others. And, you know, when I say closed, I mean extremely regulated. So people will be like, oh, we're open. Listen, if they're making you strap a mask on, your state is not open. Same thing if your church is making you strap a mask on, your church is not open. If your church is taking your temperature or making you social distance or having what are called touch-free services, your church is not open. And here's the thing. Not only is it not open, it's not biblical. And you need, listen, this is, this is revolutionary times right now. It's time for new churches to be started. People who are called to pastor, go ahead and start planting churches because the church in America in cataclysmic fashion has failed. You're like, Tom, you're such a downer. I'm not a downer. Truth is the truth. You just rise from it. If it happens to be sad truth, then you take it and you go, you know what? That's where we need to launch from. That's what's true. That's, that's real life. And we're going to launch from it. The church in America in response to COVID-19 has been a cataclysmic failure. And I don't care if they're opening right now. Lots of pastors are pretending like they never closed. They did close. They closed for months. To a virus now, I've been reading these to you for the last three podcasts, the survival rate for COVID-19 from the CDC, which is corrupt and fraudulent. But this, even being corrupt and fraudulent, this is the best they could do to convolute their numbers. Here's the survival rates for COVID-19, zero to 19 years of age. If you, this is post-infection survival rate, zero to 19. If you catch COVID, you only have a... 99.997% chance of surviving it. If you're 20 to 49 and you catch COVID-19, you only have a 99.98 chance of surviving it. So whenever you hear me say 99.9% survival rate, it really is true. And it's and it's actually closer to 100% than it is a pure 99.9. Did you hear those? 99.98, 99.99. It's basically a hundred percent survival rate. If you're zero to 50, 50 to 69, the survival rate post-infection, 99.5%, 70 plus everybody thinks it's the death sentence wrong again, as usual, 94.6% survival rate. And again, this is convoluted. This is from the CDC who says there's been 210 COVID-19 deaths in the United States. Not remotely true. I'm going to show you a slide in a minute where so suddenly and miraculously the flu, which kills between 30 and 80,000 Americans per year without all of the comorbidities that they attribute COVID-19 deaths to, that has suddenly disappeared from the planet. It's like a miracle. But let's focus on tonight's debate real quick, just so everybody knows the PDC, the Presidential Debate Commission, which is made up almost exclusively, well, it is made up exclusively of never Trump Republicans and demon rat Democrats. That's what the debate, the, the federal or whatever Presidential Debate Commission 
is made up exclusively of never Trump Republicans. Even Bob Dole came out and said it, who's a very moderate Republican, came out and said the entire presidential debate commission hates Donald Trump, which is true. It's just like when you see Fox News polls now, whenever you see a Fox News poll, print it out, tear it up and throw it away. Because it's absolutely useless. Because who's on the board of directors of Fox News now? Paul Ryan, notorious Trump hater. He's Paul Ryan exclusively caused the Republicans to lose the House of Representatives by backbiting Trump, convincing Republicans to go against Trump, and convincing many others to do what he did, which was retire. Do you know how many retirements there were in 2018? And do you realize if we wouldn't have lost the House, there would have been no Bob Mueller, there would, I mean, I know he was already going at that time, but it would have been cut down a lot quicker. No Bob Mueller, no impeachment, none of the garbage that Nancy Pelosi has caused in this country. No, you know, various Adam Schiff controversies, you know, that we've had. So, but Paul Ryan's now on the board of Fox. So whenever you see Fox News polls, which are just as bad as every other poll now, just remember, you have Paul Ryan on there. 40 Republicans retired in the 2000s. 40. 40 House Republicans retired in 2018, which caused all these Democrats to win. Because normally an incumbent wins. On a percentage basis, the, the incumbent almost always wins. So just remember those things when you see them. But the Presidential Debate Commission is made up of the Paul Ryans in the world and the Nancy Pelosi's and the Adam Schiff's of the world. So here's what they've implemented on tonight's debate. They've implemented a mute button. So it's not even the moderator that can do the muting. So I don't even know who's going to be doing the muting. I'm assuming it's the never Trump demon rat controlled Presidential Debate Commission will be able to mute both President Trump and Joe Biden. But I wonder who they'll really mute, right? As usual, it's all the time always goes to the Democrat. All the stunted questions always go to Trump. Stuff like, we know this is how they'll, how they'll it's, it's being moderated tonight by Kristen Welker, NBC, from, you know, from, from NBC, who's a notorious Trump-hating liberal. So that's who's, that's who's moderating the debate tonight. Why it's even called moderated, I don't know. But, so there's a, you know, a mute button, but the questions are always absolutely convoluted when they come from people like Kristen Welker, the last debate, uh, you know, moderator and, and, you know, all, all the ones that Trump's involved with. So there's always something like, well, we know president Trump, you've been caught lying numerous times. What do you think about COVID? And when that's Joe Biden, they're like, Hey, we've noticed that your eyes are blue. Are they as blue as the sky or lighter than the sky? That's how they, that's how they, that's how the, the questions always go. So there's a mute button tonight, which was not agreed upon by the Trump by the Trump team at all. Biden's all in favor of it, of course. And normally the third and final debate, which is supposed to be the third and final debate, we all know that the the second debate was canceled because Trump refused to do it on a Zoom call, refused to do it on, on a, you know virtually, so, which was the correct thing to do because if you did it virtually, you'd have Joe Biden sitting at home with an earpiece in and his teleprompter and his team feeding him all the answers. So Trump knew that and was like, no, thank you. And Trump, by the way, was completely and totally cleared of COVID-19. Very easily could have done it in person, but people chose not to do it on the Presidential Debate Commission. But also what's happened tonight is they've changed it. Normally the third and final debate 
is on foreign policy. That's been to change to whatever. I don't even know what what the title is. It's supposed to be about foreign policy tonight, but that format has been changed. Yeah, I wonder why. Could it be that there was a Hunter Biden laptop found with all sorts of foreign policy crimes committed by himself and his father, as well as child porn that was found on it? Could it be that? Yeah, I wonder. But lo and behold, of course, the Presidential Debate Commission comes in and saves the day and changes it from foreign policy into who knows what they're going to talk about tonight. But we know what Trump's going to do, and he needs to do exactly what Pence did. Don't answer their question. Answer whatever question you want. Give their answer like 10 seconds and then say whatever it is that you want. Now, in celebration of us going into tonight's debate... We have Hollywood's latest get out the vote effort as you have numerous Hollywood celebrities dressed up as chickens. Play it for me. This is for real, by the way, everybody. So, so you know. How's everybody doing? Handling it or starting to feel? Please don't. Cooped up. Every time. Hey, who's everybody voting for? Does it matter? They're all the same. Really? This is the first time a fox is running for president of the hen house. Yeah, but what does one vote matter? And it's just such a pain, you know? I mean, I hear the fox when he says that if he's elected, he'll eat a few of us, but the lines are so long and it's gonna take a whole afternoon. And I never know where to go. I'm always running around like a, well, you all know the expression. He used to vote the same way as my sister, but she met a rooster, moved to Rhode Island, Ooh, ooh, I gotta go on mute. I gotta lay an egg. You know, the race is pretty close. One vote could make the difference between a chicken or a fox guarding our hen house. How could one vote make a difference? Well, if it comes down to a handful of votes, yours could be the one that swings it. Whoa, that was rough. What'd I miss? Oh, you bring it me, I can bear no more. That is, Hollywood celebrities thinks think that that relates to people just so you know whenever you see a hollywood celebrity's opinions about politics just know they think that is piercing your heart that is convicting your soul they honestly believe that what that was serious i mean i know that it was a comedic approach but it was serious they think that that has some measure of effectiveness on american voters they really i mean you basically have to be a lunatic to think that that would have any impact on anybody who was not four years old. And, but it's not surprising. Look at Lori Lightfoot out of Chicago. I'm so glad there's music in this. Yeah, that's Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot coming out in full costume, cape and mask as the Rona, as in Corona Destroyer, heading out candy to reporters and staff at her daily news conference. Trick-or-treaters will be asked to stay in groups of six or fewer there, avoid sticking their hands into any candy bowls, and, of course, wear a mask with a mask over. Rona Destroyer. Wow. Seriously, they think they're relating to people. You have to be a psychopath. Honestly, you you either have to be a psychopath or you have to be somebody that never matured mentally beyond the age of five. No, I'm dead to the wall serious. I'm not just making fun of Democrats right now. It's actually, I mean, it's silly, but it's actually sort of scary that somebody like that, 
Lori Lightfoot, is in charge of Chicago, Illinois, and comes out behaving like that. And again, I just want to ask, those of you who may be on the fence out there, and there's not too many probably that will watch this show, that's why I want everybody to like and share it, get it out to as many people as you can. How, I mean, how would that relate to anybody? Have you ever seen a Republican behave like that? Never. I mean, you, you have to be, it's just like, you know, the drama queen, 12 and 13 year old girls that you knew like in middle school. That's the age level of all of these people. Speaking of age levels, we have the latest spokesman for the Democratic Party put out by Michael Knowles. Play that for me. Hey, rewind Can I file it. a work? Rewind it all the way to the start. There you go. It should have been on start. All the way to start. There you go. Hit it. Some people are really afraid of losing our democracy. Because if Trump wins, by definition, that means that we're losing our democracy. There was, a, I felt, one of the most articulate leftists in the country just summed this up on social media. Terrified. Here we go. Listen to me, Republicans, listen. You are the people in history they warned us about. They warned us about people like you. Pay attention. <laughs> We're losing our democracy. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Can, can I file a workman's comp claim for what just happened to my eardrum? <laughs> Do you like how she switched almost into classic English? You are the ones that you want us You notice that? I mean, that lady's into it. I mean, seriously. And that is right there. The chickens, the Rona destroyer, Lori Lightfoot, and the latest psychopath doing her Facebook live on in her car. That is, where, where's the Republicans that ever do this? Again, where, where are they at? I always ask, and you know, people might think, Tom, you're a sycophant for the Republicans. I'm not a sycophant for anybody. I just go to who's closest to what's true. The Republicans choose to be pro-choice. I'm gone. That's the end of me being a Republican. But where do you ever see a Republican out stealing votes? We're just curious. I mean, you, we just had the latest James O'Keefe Keith Project Veritas videos. They're absolutely true. 100% verified. We have vote stealing Vote, uh, vote harvesting going on in Ilan Omar's district, really sponsored by Ilan Omar. Where does this ever happen with Republicans? Name it. Anybody, please name where you have ever seen dead Republicans voting for live Republicans. But there's been numerous times where you've had numerous dead Democrats voting for live Democrats. Over and over and over again, we've seen them violate. So that is your 2020 Democratic Party right there, summed up in chickens, Rona Destroyer, and Screamer in the front seat of our car, going in the classic, that's, that's your modern Democratic Party. That's who they are. Now, this is what's going to happen in tonight's debate and on November 3rd. Play it for me. President Trump has restored the idea of America. Keep America great! Exclamation point. 
The Dow Jones made history today, closing over 26,000 points for the first time. This is a standout report. He's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What magic wand do you have? <laughs> these people are sick. They're crazy. The collusion delusion is over. Fake news. Unbelievable. So dishonest. Mr. President. Mr. President. Pardon me, ma'am. Mr. President. Mr. President. Look at Mr. President. Mr. President. Mr. President. That's enough. Put down the mic. <laughs> so much winning. Everything he does. Every day is NASCAR. Seems to come out right. Donald Trump, keeper of oh, promises. Mind. We're now the number one economy anywhere in the world, and it's not even close. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. deep dive tonight a little bit at least into the the trump well not the trump the hunter and joe controversy speaking of president trump though here's one of his newer ads that has come out that is addressing the whole hunter and joe shall we say crime continuum crime family the biden crime family play that ad for me your son's job in ukraine how is that not a conflict of interest it's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to. I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. You're selling access to the president. You're a damn liar, man. You said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Get your words straight, Jack. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, that but company did. wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. No one said that. Who said that? Well, don't Who you said that? that? Right back to me. There you go. That's one of the latest Trump ads. It's awesome. Now, let's just get into this a little bit to set the precedent for it before we deep dive into it. Here is Peter Ducey trying to get uh, Joe Biden's, you know, the usual spiel from Joe Biden is, is that I've never talked to my son about any of his foreign uh, dealings, foreign business dealings. So here's Peter Ducey asking Trump, I mean, asking Biden that question again. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. All right, back he to says, me. There we go for that. Get the next one ready. There we go. So there we are. According to Joe, he has never spoken to Hunter 
about his foreign business dealings. Let's listen to Hunter's side of things. Play that for me. Off the table. I want to get to the heart of it. Did you and your father ever discuss Ukraine? No. As I said, the only time was after a news account. It wasn't a discussion in any way. There's no but to this. No, we never did. Your dad said, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope you know what you're doing. I do. And I said, I do. And that was literally the end of our discussion. Why? Because my dad was vice president of the United States. There's literally nothing as a young man or as a full-grown adult that my father in some way hasn't had influence over as it does not serve either one of us. When he said, I hope you know what you're doing, what did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. There's been a, a, a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board Nothing of the, the oil, UN yes. World Food Program. I was a Nothing lawyer with oil, for yes. Boyce Schiller Flexner, one of the most prestigious the law firms yes. in the world. Bottom line is that I know that I was completely qualified to be on the board to head up the Corporate Governance and Transparency um, uh, Committee on the board. And that's all that I focused on. Basically turning a Eastern European independent natural gas company into an Western standards of corporate governance. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice of course, president. Yeah, no, I, what I, role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the Vice President of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot. There you go. That's the real truth. I love how he says, too, I've never discussed my business dealings with my father right after he says, I discussed my business dealings with my father. And he said, I hope you know what you're doing. I mean, really, it gets down, folks, to really psychopathic lying. These people are absolutely out of their minds. They lie so much that they honestly believe whatever it is that they say is the truth or will become the truth or they can gerbils their way gaslight everybody into believing whatever they say is true well what they do is they put out a statement and then they'll go later on well earlier on the earlier statements are that i was totally innocent yeah but you're the one who, who gave the statement you see that's how they are every single time this is from the gateway pundit and breitbart from today a whistleblower ceo biden insider tony babalewski released a public statement. And by the way, he's going to be Trump's special guest tonight. Bobolinsky released a public statement on Wednesday evening, backing up the reporting of the New York Post from last week and claiming that he personally witnessed Democrat presidential nominee, former Vice President Joe Biden, discussing business deals with his son. Put up the, yeah, put that up, buddy. Thank you. There's Rudy Giuliani putting that out, basically the same thing that I read, but it has got a little bit more detail on it. Tony Bobolinsky, a partner of Hunter Biden, has stated Joe Biden knew of and was part of Hunter Biden's getting millions for selling Crooked Joe's office. He is also the big guy, which is on one of the text messages or emails, getting 10% of equity in a deal with Chinese communists. In one of the emails and text messages, Hunter Biden says that, um, basically that, you know, 10% is, or there's going to 20% that 
goes to Hunter, 10% of that or 50% of that. I'll, I'll show you the email a little bit. But basically 50% of what Hunter got is going to the the big guy. And this Bob Alinsky here is confirming that whenever the big guy was, was named, whenever they used the terminology big guy, that it was actually Joe Biden. So you got that. Yeah, put that John Roberts tweet up for me. Here's some John Roberts statement from uh, Lieutenant Tony's former military man, Lieutenant Tony Bobolinsky, uh, business associate of Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy or my chairman and frequently referenced asking him for his sign off or advice on various potential deals. Doesn't sound like what they were saying a minute ago, does it? Where you had Hunter saying he never discussed business deals and Joe said he never discussed business deals with his son that we were discussing. I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter Biden about his business. I've seen firsthand that that's not true because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line. I realized the Chinese were not really focused on a healthy financial ROI. They were looking at this as a political or influence, influence investment. Once I realized that Hunter wanted to use the company as his personal biggie bank by just taking money out, out of it as soon as it came from the Chinese, I took steps to prevent that from happening. That guy right there is going to be President Trump's special guest tonight at the debate. From, uh, uh, I think this is it. Yeah, that's that's the same article. All right, here we go. Uh, from Mike, this is a Mike Emanuel tweet. This is a text exchange obtained from Fox News. You can put it up there for me. Top, Tony Bobolinsky is warned by business partner James Gilliard. Don't mention Joe being involved. We'll read it right here. At, ask, if they, ask if they have a recommendation or I would do it short term if needed. But maybe he feels better if H, that's Hunter, puts there a friend. I don't know, their, their English is rough. With no power, but reporting. <laughs> coma, I don't know. Don't mention Joe being involved. I mean, look at this, folks. It's only when you are face to face. I know that, but they are paranoid. This is the actual deal. Now, this is what is coming off of Hunter Biden's laptop computer, of which was dropped in water and was brought to a computer repair shop in Wilmington, Delaware. Here's some other text messages. It says here, Morning, please let me know if we will do early dinner with your uncle and dad and where. Also, remember, they never discussed any business transactions whatsoever. Not sure on dinner yet, and whatever is the most common for a Chinese legal DOC. I mean, come on. And that's from Sean Davis. And Sean Davis put this out. He was attacked by the Trump campaign when he started putting out these text, me text messages or tweets. Um, uh, not tweets, text messages or emails that were put out off of Hunter's uh, laptop. And he was attacked by the, by the uh, Biden campaign. And he put out this. He goes... If it helps to jog your memories, because what they were talking about was this event right here. You can put that up for me. Milken Institute Global Conference. This was where they were all at when this was going on. This is right after Joe Biden's business meeting with the Chinese. And, and Sean Davis writes, if it helps to jog your memories, here's a photo of Joe Biden speaking at a conference at the Beverly Hilton on May 3rd, 2017, right after his China business meeting. 
There's also video of the entire event, if that would help. How nice of Sean Davis. Here we go. Ten days later from this event, May 13, 2017, James Gilliard, another Biden business partner, emailed the team with financial compensation arrangements. You can put that up for me. For everyone involved, including Joe Biden. Here we go. Tony, as I had already alluded, we have discussed and agreed the following remuneration packages. You got chair, vice chair, James, that's James Gilliard, Jim Unknown, whatever. Hunter has some office expectations he will elaborate on. James needs travel of 15000 a month. As for roles, I will continue with the international, blah, blah, blah. Okay, go to the next page for me. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. Personally, I've already spent a large amount on this, and I'm not in it for the weekly pay. Uh, at the, We'll skip down to the very bottom. At the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity would be distributed as follows. 20 for H, that's Hunter, and you go down the list. 10 held by H for the big guy. Now, I want you to know something. Just put, leave it on the screen for me, Aaron, for just a second. And I'll just talk over it. I want everybody to look at that. It says 20 for H. Now, on another email, and then you so you got on that list there, you got 20 for H at the top, 10 held by H for the big guy on the bottom, right? Well, I want you to remember on, a, on, a la, on another email where Hunter is talking to his daughter, he talks about that he is thankful that he doesn't require her to give him 50% of everything she makes. Look at what Hunter has to give his dad. 20 is for Hunter, but 10 is held by H for the big guy. Half of what he got, just like he elaborates on on another email, half of what Hunter gets goes to the big guy. From the Gateway Pundit, from today, Joe Biden meeting with Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, now convicted felon for fraud. Just like his other business partner, Bevan Rooney or Cooney or something like that. I'll get to that in a minute. Partner Devin Archer. Uh, let me, I'll start reading again. Joe Biden meeting with Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, in vice president's office five days before going to Ukraine to sign a business deal. This is from a then Atlas spoke tweet. Breaking as VP on 4-14-14, Joe Biden had his scheduling aide call his son's business partner. This is all facts. This is the truth. Joe Biden had his scheduling aide call his son's business partner, although he never discusses business, never discusses his son's business. He has his scheduling aide call his son's business partner, Devin Archer, to a private meeting with who? With Santa Claus? Mickey Mouse? Winnie the Pooh? No, with Joe. At the where? White House. Great job, Barack Hussein Obama, as your country is being kneecapped and corrupted by your vice president. Where were you, Barack? Private meeting with Joe at the White House. The, ne the very next day, Burisma dropped a six-figure load of cash into Hunter and Devin Archer's bank account. This is about Joe, not Hunter. The, the attorneys for Rosemont Seneca Partners, which was... Hunter Biden and Devin Archer. Hunter Biden, Devin Archer's company, later wrote Burisma and told them to remove the photo. Put that up for me. Burisma had put this photo up of Devin Archer, now convicted felon for fraud, is being sentenced to prison as we speak. This picture was taken 
in the, I forgot the name of it. It's the vice president's like strategic room or something goofy like that. I can't remember. But anyway, so that picture was taken. And what happened was the attorneys for Rosemont Seneca partners later wrote Verisma and told them to remove uh, the photo of Joe Biden meeting with Devin Archer from their webpage. Now, here's an email about the pick of Hunter and Devin Archer. It says, hey, guys. This is apparently a photo of Devin and the VP on Burisma's website. How could that possibly be? This must be the Russians interfering again. I can't see it. The website isn't working very well right now. But Demetra, VP counsel, called and asked. So, no, but Demetra, the vice president of the United States Council, called and asked that that we tell Burisma they need to take it down. Legally, they aren't comfortable with the VP's picture being up on the site as that as what seems like an endorsement. Well, uh, yeah. Are either of you in touch with them to ask them to do so? Or is there someone you want me to call? Demetra or, Demetra or someone from over there may call directly, but she asked if we could do it, and she didn't know who to call. There you go. The vice president of the United States' own assistant is trying to call Burisma Holdings, the one of the largest oil and natural gas and oil companies in Ukraine, of which Hunter Biden and Devin Archer are on the board with zero oil and gas expertise whatsoever or experience, not just no expertise, no experience whatsoever, but they're on the board. Hunter's making $83,000 a month. I know that the reporter said 50. It's $83,000 a month. For what? And nobody can even prove that he's ever been to Ukraine. These are the facts. This is what is really happening right now. Now, here's an interesting video, and I just called, I titled it, More Swimy, uh, Swarmy uh, Biden Motive Versus Reality. Play that video for me. U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, who recently crossed the Atlantic to assure Ukrainians that America's involvement in their crisis is sincere. We, the United States, stand with you and all the Ukrainian people. In time, democracy can be delivered to the Ukrainian people. As long as it is uh, not just um, uh, a foreign policy judgment, it is a personal, it's an emotional commitment as well. As long as you pay me. By uh, millions of Americans. And millions of dollars. Um, and uh, as you attempt to pursue energy security. Well, as it turns out, Joe Biden's youngest son will be conveniently playing a major role in Ukraine's pursuit of energy independence. Hunter Biden has been appointed head of legal affairs at Burisma Holdings, Ukraine's largest private gas producer. The U.S. Vice President's son will also join the company's board of directors, consulting on matters related to international expansion and policies surrounding the country's economy. Critics say this is typical Washington politics, exploiting a foreign crisis for personal gain. Now, of course, when the United States gets involved, uh, as, as most every other country on Earth, if they get involved in some foreign adventure, they try to portray it in the most uh, altruistic and platonic um, uh, fashion possible. Uh, however, it's very difficult to disentangle business interests from national interests. Vice President Biden has repeatedly accused Moscow of meddling in Ukraine's affairs, also insisting that America will help Kyiv reduce its dependency on Russia's energy. Mr. Biden money. just didn't mention that his own son and the U.S. would be benefiting in the interim. Reporting <laughs> from New me. York. There you go.
And, you know, I, I, I was tempted to have Aaron stop it right on the picture of, of Hunter in there in that video because what's funny about it is, is that Hunter, not long before this, had just been kicked out of the military for testing positive. Oh, there you go, brother. You have it going. We had it there for a second. It's hard to do it. There you go. Throw that on there, can you? Me. Critics say go. Hunter Biden joins the team of Burisma just after being kicked out of the military for crack use. So who who exactly would ever hire Hunter Biden to be on their board? From the Gateway Pundit, Chairman of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, Ron Johnson, asked DOJ Inspector General Michael Horowitz on Wednesday to open an investigation into the FBI's handling of the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, here's my thing. I wrote, I wrote a list here of things about the FBI. And this isn't just about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. This is about a very, very corrupt FBI. The FBI is corrupt. And as I said in the last podcast, I'm sick and tired of people saying it's the higher ups. It's the whole FBI. They are corrupt. I don't care who it is. I know that there's some good agents there. I get it. But on the whole... The FBI is corrupt, I mean, to the core. And I'm talking about rank and file. I'm talking about mid-level management. I'm talking about the upper ranks. And I'm talking about the head of the FBI. They are corrupt. I just put together a list here. And throw a raised picture for me real quick, just so everybody knows who I'm talking about. There you go. That's Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, who needs to be fired yesterday. But I just put together a little list here. And right now what's going on is Ron Johnson is asking DOJ Inspector General Michael Horowitz to look in what into what the heck the FBI is doing. The FBI has had Hunter's laptop with por- child porn on it, him naked with a 14-year-old, possibly naked pictures of the 14-year-old, all of these emails and text messages that absolutely state that Joe Biden has received money, has received basically bribe money from the Ukraine, from China, and from other Eastern European countries. They've been sitting on it. They've had it since December of 2019, if not before that, because the owner of the computer repair shop called them and turned it over to them. Then he discovered they were doing nothing with it. The owner of the computer repair shop, who's a good heart, turns it into the cops, the federal cops, the FBI, and then notices Trump is being impeached for asking the the, the current president, who, whose name is Zelensky of Ukraine to look into what the Bidens are doing over there or have done over there. That's all Trump did was ask him to look into it. It's the whole thing. He's impeached for that. And he notices that and he's like, wow, you know what? There's emails here that prove there is mass, mass, mass extortion, bribery, and corruption from the Biden crime family. And nobody's doing anything about it. Trump asked somebody to do it do something about it. He gets impeached by an alleged alleged whistleblower who is probably Lieutenant Colonel Vidman, little pudgy pile of crap he is. So the the computer repair shop owner is going, you know what? Forget this. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this into Rudy Giuliani. So he turns it into Rudy Giuliani because the FBI didn't do anything. They're sitting on it. 
during the impeachment and everything that they're sitting on exonerates the accused. Sounds just like the FISA warrants that they filed against uh, Trump. Every ounce of his exculpatory material, they left off of the FISA warrants. The FISA warrants that were based on this. Remember, the FBI knew via John Brennan of the CIA in a briefing that Hillary created the whole Trump collusion narrative. How did the CIA find out about it? From the Russians. The Russians found out that Hillary had made up a false allegation of Trump collusion with the Russians. And the briefing was, we're concerned that the Russians are going to feed in to Hillary's fraudulent accusation of Trump. Her fraudulent narrative, which she, which she got Fusion GPS and Glenn Simpson to hire Christopher Steele to put together the Steele dossier that has all these false allegations against Trump. The FBI knew that. They knew it was false from the beginning. They knew Hillary made it up, and they still investigated Trump. Explain that. And now DOJ, uh, Ron Johnson, is asking that Michael Horowitz look into what the heck is going on with the FBI. Why, why has there been no charges pressed? Why has there been no investigation? Why didn't you say during the impeachment? Why did you not let the Trump team know that you have this material? Because you've been involving yourself in politics for years. Here's the list that I put together. The FBI investigated Hillary's illegal server and the deletion of 33,000 emails. Now, this is the thing that everybody forgets. Those were not just emails. Those were subpoenaed emails. So deleting them is deleting evidence. It's a crime. You're not allowed to obstruct an investigation. So she committed a crime there. She committed a crime by having an illegal, an illegal server. Where was the server located? In a bathroom in Colorado where it has already been proven that the Russians hacked her server. She's the only one including with the Russians. They investigated all that. What happened? Nothing. They investigated Trump on Hillary's PP tape. That's the Steele dossier, where allegedly Trump had hired hookers in Moscow, and they peed on him. Total fabrication, total lie. They knew it was a plot made up by Hillary and still investigated Trump by getting four FISA warrants on Trump team member Carter Page. People are like, well, you always hear the idiots out there. You know, the James, Com- James Comey's. We weren't, we weren't investigating the Trump campaign. We were investigating Carter Page. Well, that's because they failed to mention what's called the one-hop rule. The one-hop rule is, is once you get to where you're listening in, you're tapping people's phone calls, then you have what's called the one-hop rule. And that has to do with phone calls, emails, text messages, or any other digital communication whatsoever. So telephonic and digital communication, you can hop from that person to the next person. I believe one more time after that, you can hop from that, from the person to the other. So basically via one person, you listen to the whole campaign and that's what they were doing. Number three, they investigated and charged general Flynn with lying to the FBI when all of their 302s, their post-investigation narrative pages, which is their 302s are their investigative summaries that they do after they interview somebody, they say General Flynn wasn't lying, and then they charge him with lying. And they're like, well, he admitted it. He, never, he only admitted it because they were holding an investigation of his son over his head 
And he already knew there were a bunch of bold-faced, lying, corrupt cops. And I'm like, Tom, look at this right here. You're pro-police. Yeah, I'm pro-police. But police need to act in a constitutional fashion. And as I said at the minister's conference at the River Rodney Hour Brown's church a couple nights ago, any cop who, who arrests people for non-constitutional uh, ar- you know, arresting people in violation of their constitutional rights is a bold-faced coward. And needs to resign. Well, if I don't do it, I'll lose my job. Then lose your job. Do what's right. Do what's right. So they investigated and charged General Flynn. It's all Sidney Powell, one of the greatest attorneys in the world, is getting him off. But it's it, that's a whole other story I won't get into tonight. Number four, they investigated, charged, and arrested George Papadopoulos, Trump. Investigated, charged, and arrested Roger Stone, another Trump supporter. They buried Anthony Weiner's laptop. Who's Anthony Weiner? He's, he's the husband of Uba Abedin, the former aide, the main aide for Hillary Clinton, where, where many of her, thousands upon thousands of her emails were found, and they deleted it because there's a whole bunch of nude pictures of Anthony with apropos name Weiner on it. You know, if you, let me give everybody advice out there. You ready? I'm going to pull the mic in close and back up. If your name's Wiener, change it. I'm just trying to help you. It's pastoral council time. Give me some church music in the background. (laughs) If your name is Wiener, listen. Turn out the lights. The party's over. I mean, it's over. All right, there you go. See how sweet I am? I don't know why everyone doesn't attend my church. Chef thousands. Because I'm that sweet. Number seven. The FBI had and has has Hunter's laptop right now. To this day, no charges. They actually subpoenaed his laptop under an investigation of some sort that for a grand jury that nobody knows what the grand jury was for yet. So somebody needs to do something about the FBI and Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who's a great man, is trying to get an investigation into the FBI because the FBI top to bottom rank and file and the top Christopher Ray, the FBI director are corrupt because an FBI agent went out and picked up that computer from the lap from the computer repair store. He could have said something to this day. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Gateway Pundit 1022 from today. An email exclusively obtained by Fox News with the subject line, Phase 1 Domestic Contacts Projects and dated May 15, 2017. Biden's brother, James Biden, shared a list of key, this is off of Hunter's laptop computer, Key of domestic contacts. Well, maybe it wasn't actually. I'm not sure where this came from, so I take that back. List of key domestic contacts for phase one target projects. On the list were Kamala Harris from California, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, Amy Klobuchar, Dianne Feinstein. Look at this list of all-stars. Kirsten Gillibrand, Andrew Cuomo, Mayor Bill de Blasio, and former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe, the email, oh, that was wrong, is unrelated to the laptop or hard drive 
purportedly belonging to Hunter Biden. The email was sent from Jim, James, James Biden to Hunter Biden, Tony Bobolinsky, Bobolinsky, I keep saying Bobolinsky, it's Bobolinsky. Bobolinsky was an institutional investor, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to know the rest of it. So they had a, a four, uh, this was the phase one, phase, yeah, phase one domestic contacts projects that they were doing in 2017. Trump was already president. From the Gateway Pundit again, former Hunter Biden associate Bevan Cooney in fear for his life. Bevan Cooney moved to move, moved to more dangerous facility after leaking emails to conservative journalists. Bevan Cooney, another Hunter Biden partner who is also in prison for fraud. Bevan Cooney reportedly turned over 26,000 business emails to journalists. Then on Tuesday, Bevan Cooney was removed from the federal facility in Oregon and moved to a new location. Hopefully they keep him alive. Senate Judiciary Committee. Here's some change of subject real quick. Uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee has confirmed Amy Comey Barrett. She's confirmed. That means she goes up for a vote. You know how many Democrats showed up for the committee meeting? Zero. They put up a bunch of pictures of people that have been helped by Obamacare. That's what they did instead. President Trump holds an edge over Joe Biden in battleground Michigan. He's slaughtering Biden right now in Ohio. And basically every presidential candidate that wins Ohio wins the country, wins the presidency. And just so everybody knows, don't believe any polls coming out of mainstream sources. They are all wrong. Go to Twitter, go to poll watch, and you'll find out what's really going on. Trump is whooping butt right now. He really is. It may not look like it, but if you look at where early voting was in comparison to where it was in 2016, the Democrats need this major influx of early voting. They are not getting it. Not in any way, shape, or form. Democrats are underperforming and Republicans are overperforming. President Trump holds an edge over Joe Biden. This is from uh, Breitbart in Battleground, Michigan. A restoration pack, Trafalgar. I'm saying it's actually Trafalgar probably, but I, I put gar on it so you know where to look. Trafalgar Group. Look at, look at them if you want to know what's really happening. These are the people that actually... Uh, accurately predicted the 2016 election. Go to those people. Reuters was wrong. NBC, wrong. CBS, wrong. Fox, wrong. They were all wrong. Go to groups like this. With the presidential election less than two weeks away, Trump has taken the lead in Michigan, leading by nearly two percentage points, garnering 46.7% to former vice president's uh, Joe Biden's 44.9%. He's actually the, yeah, put that up there, brother. That's awesome. Thank you. There you go. You want to find out truth, go to places like this or this place. Now, this next story I absolutely love. First of all, it involves Tucker Carlson, who's one of my conservative heroes. But this is, I titled this, Oh, the Cuomos. Oh, the Cuomos. The hypocrisy is so palpable, you could drink it. Play a video for me. Bloomberg's bodyguards carry. This is a good one. The protagonist of this story, as is so often the case, is one Christopher Charles Cuomo, primetime anchor on CNN, brother of a sitting governor. Before we tell you the story, however, some context. The one thing you are likely to know about Chris Cuomo, other than the obvious, which is that he has fabulous lats, 
is that Chris Cuomo really believes in masks, really believes with sincere religious intensity. If there was a shrine to the patron saint of paper surgical masks somewhere in the countryside of Portugal, Chris Cuomo would go there each summer. He would crawl on his knees if he had to. Such is his devotion. Here's Chris Cuomo sharing his faith. How do we help? Put on the damn mask. If you're in California, if you're in Riverside, wear the mask. If you want to avoid situations like this where you live, wear the mask. If we care about doing the right things, I wear a mask for you as much as I wear it for me. I had the disease. You need to wear a damn mask. Right. And you have to take care of other people in your community. And it's got to be about us because the help's not going to come from above. I wear a mask for you as much as I wear it for me. Chew on that for a minute. It's a powerful statement if you think about it. Shades of the Beatitudes, maybe the letter from Birmingham jail. It's deep. This man is suffering for us and for our sake and all on a cable news salary. There's something holy about that. But the question is, is it real? Is this man actually Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Or is he Jimmy Swaggart? It's pretty clear what his building superintendent thinks. This show has obtained a letter from the management of Chris Cuomo's New York City apartment building. The letter in question is addressed directly to Chris Cuomo. The date on it is August 6th, 2020. Here's what it says. Quote, Dear Mr. Cuomo, as I'm sure you know, because of the ongoing COVID-19 health crisis, on April 15th, 2020, Governor Cuomo issued Executive Order 202.17, which requires anyone over the age of two to wear a face mask or cloth that covers their mouth and nose while in a public space. Okay, that's how it starts. And it's a fair guess that Chris Cuomo already knew that because, after all, he's the mask guy. And, of course, his own brother issued the order. So with that in mind, listen to how the letter continues. Quote, you have been observed entering and exiting the building and riding the elevator without the required face coverings. Even though staff members have asked you to comply with this requirement, you have refused to do so. This is a violation of the executive order, building policy, and it places other residents and our staff at risk. There are no exceptions to this rule and you are required to comply. The letter goes on to threaten Chris Cuomo with a $500 fine if he continues to endanger his neighbors and the city with his masklessness. That's what the letter says. Let that sink in for a moment. All right, back to me for just a minute. Get that next one ready for me at 649. So did everybody hear that? Here you have Chris Cuomo, mainstream media, Trump hater, on all the time, ripping Trump about not wearing a mask. I mean, literally, I, I could have added... 40 videos of him ripping Trump about not wearing a mask. This is, I'm telling you, it's absolutely psychotic. It really is. It's, it's not just psychotic. It's psychopathic. It's, I mean, these people are absolutely convoluted. There's something mentally wrong with them. There really is that you sit there and with such conviction in your voice, tell everybody, put on a D mask. You know, you have such conviction about it. And then not only, listen, if you got caught one time, that's fine. All right, you got caught one time. He would, there, if I let this whole video roll, he gets caught in a restaurant, standing outside at a restaurant in a crowded area with no mask, violating his brother's executive order. He was caught leaving his house while quarantined, which was against the law at that time, and gets caught getting in a verbal argument, disturbance with a biker, with a bicyclist. 
He, he gets caught all the time doing this stuff. And not, not only did he get caught by his business, he was warned numerous times to put a mask on. And this is a guy he knows he's on national TV advocating for masks and doesn't give a crap. He's in his own building, riding up and down elevators. And here's the thing. I don't even think anybody should be wearing a mask, but I'm not a hypocrite. I'm not on TV telling people to wear them. So I never wear them. But these galactic hypocrites like Chris Cuomo, he's told numerous times by his building staff, put a mask on and he just doesn't do it. You know why? For all of my Christian mask wearing brethren, brothers and sisters, these are your little Dalai Lamas. These are your leaders right here. Now, I'm not going to say you're following Jesus because Jesus would never tell you to strap a mask on your face. He would tell you, you know what? I am the word of God. John chapter one, verse one, John chapter one, verse 14, first John chapter five, verse seven. He'll tell you, I am the word of God. So bind and loose and don't worry about putting on a stupid mask. And not only that, Jesus would never espouse a lie and tell you that something works that doesn't work. There's been numerous studies on masks. One recently released again that was just done and released that again says that masks do absolutely nothing to stop COVID-19. And yet you can't get on a plane without them. You can't go into stores without them. All a lie espoused by people who don't wear them when they're supposed to. That's what we call hypocrisy. And Christians, you're following it. Anthony Fauci, opening day of the Washington Nationals in the stand, sitting close to two other people, no mask on. First of all, they know that the coronavirus is 99.9% survivable, just like the flu, and they never wear masks during the flu, so they're not wearing them now. Christian, why are you wearing it? Why? Tell me the reason. You're saving lives? No, you're not. You're wearing a chain link fence trying to stop a flea. Facts! Seven studies, now eight on the efficacy of masks, say exactly that. Even if you're wearing an N95, does nothing, nothing, never did. Remember back in March where Fauci, head of NIAID from the National Institutes of Health, Anthony Fauci, epidemiologist, you know, expert, right? I mean, infectious disease expert pandemic expert said masks are useless head of the cdc robert redfield said they're useless and now they're the greatest deterrent ever to covid 19 listen i just i i just don't get it how a christian who has the revelatory knowledge of the holy spirit allegedly can buy into this crap what's the matter with you i mean what is the matter with you if you buy in to any of this Masks are good. Masks are bad. The World Health Organization, lockdowns are what we have to do. Now says lockdowns are bad. How much more are you going to do and not repent? How much more are you going to see and not repent? How much longer is it going to take? You're not repenting because of your own filthy pride. Or maybe you're a gutless coward who just won't stand up to a short, uh, uh, a shop owner who won't let you in because you don't have a mask on. 
It's unbelievable to me. These are the people. Let's look at Chris Cuomo's brother. Play that for me. Now, at this point, we can guess what you're thinking. This has got to be Russian disinformation. <laughs> Vladimir Putin hates masks, obviously. He's Vladimir Putin. He's bad. Bad people don't like masks. It's that simple. And Putin would like nothing more in the world than to discredit Chris Cuomo because Chris Cuomo is this country's foremost and most fearless defender of maskedness. So, of course, that's what we assumed was going on. Obviously, we read the news. But then we did some reporting. <laughs> in short order, and honestly, it pains us to tell you this, but we have to. This show has confirmed the letter is, in fact, real. It's not a Russian plant. We called the building manager, and she spoke perfect English, not a hint of Slavic inflection. Clearly not a Russian agent. In fact, she admitted writing the letter. We should tell you that she became upset when we mentioned Chris Cuomo by name, but we don't blame her for that. You don't want to tangle with the man who does squat thrusts while eating lunch. You don't know what might happen. But you do wonder about Chris Cuomo, and you worry. Will his brother have him arrested? Back in May, we learned that very well could happen. In New York, no one is above corona law. I think it's disrespectful of people not to wear masks. I mean, think about it. Do I think local government should be enforcing it? And should there be sanctions? Yes. Yes. Uh, because it is a public health emergency. And I think there should be a penalty. Because you could literally kill someone. You could literally kill someone because you didn't want to wear a mask. You could literally kill someone. That's coming from Andrew Cuomo, keep in mind, who knows more than a little about literally killing people in New York. You could say it's his specialty. But we don't expect Andrew Cuomo Truth. to ship his brother to Rikers. The governor didn't do anything earlier this month when we showed you that photograph of Chris Cuomo without a mask outside at a crowded restaurant on Long Island. And Governor Cuomo didn't do anything either when his brother faked being in quarantine earlier this year and instead spent the afternoon hassling bicyclists. Chris Cuomo is <laughs> a good me. person. Uh, so you could literally kill somebody, right? Here, go ahead, put that up there, buddy. Those who demand most publicly and loudly that you wear a mask feel the greatest joy. This is from Buck Sexton. Greatest joy in ignoring their own dictates, taking freedom away from others that they can still enjoy is the central ethos of leftists. Everybody get that? Taking freedom away from others that they themselves will still enjoy, i.e. Chris Cuomo in his own building, right next to people and at a restaurant and violating quarantine. He himself gets to keep doing what he tells you that you are not allowed to do. That is the central ethos of leftists. Abusing power is the fun part for them. That is absolutely correct. And remember, we had Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, saying that if you don't wear a mask, you could, quote, 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 literally kill somebody. Here's Andrew after that statement. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Out there, not wearing a mask, literally killing people. There he is right there, literally killing somebody. Just like you could say anytime that anybody gets into an automobile, you could literally kill somebody. But yet, automobiles, which kill way more people than the Rona, are still legal. 
But they don't, that's not controlling you, though. They'll, they'll come for your cars, too, just like they'll come for your guns. Whatever it takes to control you. Capitulating. Ankle-grabbing. Accommodating. Christian, they'll come for your guns next. Pastor Love, they'll come for your guns next. Well, this isn't our fight right now. Your church is still closed. You're still social distanced. Notice a lot of people aren't coming back. They are preventing you from preaching the gospel. Here's Robert Reich, as Rush would say it. Tribute to Rush, who's not feeling good right now. We need to be praying for Rush Limbaugh for his complete recovery. This is Robert B. Reich. Ah, that's a tribute to Rush. When this nightmare is over, we need a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. This is a former Obama administration, somebody part of the former Obama administration. I can't remember. Health and Human, uh, it wasn't Health and Human Resources. It was like Urban something or other. I can't remember what his top title was. But he writes, he's got a million followers on, twi- on Twitter. Liberal pundit. And I want you to know what is going on out there. Not... <laughs> It's not just fun and games. It's not just, oh, you know what? Same circus, different clowns. Doesn't matter whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. No, these people are different, everybody. You need to know that. They're different. Look at this. When this nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission. It would erase Trump's lies, comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness, and name, I again, let me, let me reiterate that, and name every official, politician, executive, and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. And he's not the only liberal putting that out. Oh, thank you, Aaron. He was a member of the of President Barack Obama's Economic Transition Advisory Board. That's what pays to have great tech people. Appreciate it. All right, next one up. Here's another one. He's not the only one talking this. And isn't it funny? Let me put it Southern for you. Ain't it funny? How they all speak the same language and actually have this exact same commission verbiage down. The most humane and reasonable way to deal with all these people. If we survive this, if we survive 99, let's see, Chris Hayes is probably in his 40s. So let's look up his survival rate, shall we? Oh, it's 99.8%, 99.98% post-infection survival rate for one Christopher Hayes. And he's so dramatic that he puts on, if we survive this. Just like the 13-year-old girl that he really is. Is some kind of truth and (laughs) reconciliation commission. There he is. I'm so glad you did that because I had a picture of him and I forgot to give it to you. There is Christopher Hayes right there. One more time, put that up there. Here is the 13-year-old girl. There he is. Truth and reconciliation commission. Let me just flat out tell you. You know what? Here, I'm going to go in close again. Right, I'm pulling the mic. Here we go. Now. I'm going to go on my lower pastoral voice. Aaron, work on the technology. We can get some church organ music next time in the background. I want to put this out to you, to all the liberals who want to establish the truth and reconciliation commissions or commission. Oh, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. For all of those of you who want to drag me into a truth and reconciliation commission, you won't survive that. Just warning you. And I speak for millions of others. God bless you. Thank you. (laughs) I hope everybody could hear that 
music that Aaron painstakingly got into our video tonight. And I told you, these, this is real. I've told you for months. These maniac leftists will put you in freaking prison. They will. They don't care. They were going to do it to Papadopoulos. They were going to do it to Roger Stone, who's in his late 60s, early 70s. They were going to put Roger Stone in prison for seven to nine years for doing what? For doing what? Thank goodness our current attorney general, Bill Barr, stepped in. And then, of course, he was he was pardoned by President Trump. But if not, these people will put, put you in prison. This is for real. Guys, think about it. In prison with all guys the rest of your life or for a decade. For your political beliefs. Don't believe me? Listen to Keith, Keith Oberlin, Oberlin. Oberman. Oberman. There you go. Play it for me. Trump can be and must be expunged. The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. So, let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and Listen his collaborators now. and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it, even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage and then try to clean up what they left. Remember it, you even though me. to remember it, so there's the verbiage of the left. Just so you know, you watch the debate tonight. This is not lighthearted. This is a big, this is a big deal. The future of our country is at stake. You know, he talks about return to normal, return to safety. There's, there's nothing unsafe about it right now. If it wasn't for Antifa and Black Lives Matter, this would be the safest this country has ever been. If it wasn't for the Corona hoax response by the governors in this nation, outside of the few great ones like Ron DeSantis and Christy Nome, if it wasn't for their hoax response to this thing, we'd have, we'd have the greatest economic times, which leads to lower crime. Right now, we're at 7.8% unemployment, two-tenths of a percent off of Obama's best unemployment rate of 7.6%. Trump did that with this whole hoax response. You know, one of the biggest economies in the world is the state of California. Half of all unemployment requests right now are from the state of California, who will overwhelmingly probably vote Democrat. I'm not going to write them off, but you know, I'm going to tell you something real quick. Mark my words, Trump's going to win in a landslide victory. There will be states that rock your world that he won. It will rock your world. That he won. I'm telling you, it's coming. I'm telling you, you will see it. There was some, there's going to be two or three states that everyone's like, what? I cannot believe he won it. Well, here's a miracle that I want to perform on headline Tom Lipley News tonight. The flu has disappeared 
from the planet. Here we go, from the CDC. From week 40 and 41 of last year, we had 1,251 flu cases. And this year, we have 61. What did, where, where did that come? How did that happen? How is it that we basically have eradicated the flu totally and completely in week 40 of 52 weeks of the year? It's totally gone because all of it's being counted for Corona. Christians, churches, pastors, will you repent or are you going to still be collaborating? Are you still going to be compassionate and wear a mask to save lives lying to yourself? giving meaning to your life that's actually meaningless, giving yourself a cause that is causeless. You're like, Tom, why are you always picking on Christians? Because they should know better. All you need to do is study to show yourself approved. That's all that you need to do. Here's, hey, just put, yeah, fill that up. I'll put that pick up. There's Biden's approach. He's double masking now. The future, they will demand for all of us soon. There's, there's Biden with his double mask on clown absolute clown why would you as a christian ever want to imitate somebody like joey biden this is from gateway pundit 108 i want to read this briefly to you running out of time here i want to get you out of here for the debate um latest report shows total covid 19 deaths include cases where covid is not listed on the death certificate we now have additional evidence that the number of coronavirus deaths reported to date is questionable. Yeah, really. One report shows that in Florida, and no doubt across the country, all, I repeat the three-letter word, A-L-L, all deaths within 30 days of a a positive COVID-19 death were considered COVID deaths, with minor exceptions. This is a Jennifer Cabrera tweet. When evaluating the COVID death toll, it's important to understand that all deaths within 30 days of a positive COVID COVID test are considered COVID deaths unless exclusion criteria are met, trauma or suicide. Everyone in the hospital or long-term care is tested. Individuals are counted as COVID even though COVID may not even be on the death certificate. Still believe there's 210,000 COVID deaths? Still believe that? Or could it be politically motivated by Robert Redfield, Anthony Fauci, Deborah Burks, the World Health Organization, Bill Gates, and the United Nations? Could it be that? And people wanting to reset the world, bring in a new world order, the mark of the beast? Could it be that instead? Christian? You might want to wake up. No, it's all conspiracy. All conspiracy. Really? Ask yourself, where are all the dead bodies? Where, where are they exactly? Where, where are they at? Aaron, if you can, I know this is a lot to ask. I know it is. I'm going to be reading stuff here, so you got a couple seconds. If you could find that death total from me for ex- excess deaths that I've made you put up the last three times that we've done the show, the one that says deaths in 2017 by month, 2018 by month. If you can find that for me while I'm reading this, but if not, don't worry about it. I want to show you that one more time. Education researchers, get this now, politics, not science, determines local school closures. Politics do it. New studies suggest that politics, not science, is driving local policies on school closures and reopenings. According to the nonpartisan education news website, The 74, 
The two factors most closely related with school reopenings are the share of the local vote that went to President Donald Trump in 2016 and the degree to which teachers belong to unions. Lower support for Trump tends to be correlated with longer school closures. You know, hence the reason why in Los Angeles, all the schools are closed and nobody under the age of 17 has died of COVID. Zero. Not statistical zero, zero, zero kids have died of COVID in all of LA County and all the schools are closed. Lower Trump support tends to be correlated with longer school closures, LA County, and higher union concentration is also correlated with longer school closures. Again, I want to ask you, where's the proof there's even a pandemic? Where's the proof there's 210,000 people that are dead? Prove it. Prove it. It was like what they said after, I think it was Hurricane Irma that blew through Puerto Rico. All the fake fraudulent politicians over there. Thousands of people dead. And no, there wasn't. Same thing's going on here. Put it up for me, Aaron. You're the best. Appreciate it. Here you go. Here's the real death count. Christians. Go ahead. Come on, Christians. Mask wearers. You know, pastor love, you close your church because you're so full of compassion and you don't want anybody to catch the Rona. That's what you want. Pastor love. Well, where's the evidence that you're correct at all? 2017, 2.8 million Americans died. 2018, 2.8 million Americans died. 2019, 2008 million Americans died. So far this year, 2.1. So there's got to be another 700,000 Americans die before we even get to the average. Ooh, Pastor Love. Remember remember you did your, your food line for everybody? Remember your food line? Bring in your car, pop your trunk. We're going to feed the hunger that we caused. Good job, Pastor Love. Coward. All right, I'll probably end up having to finish with this. This just illustrates further. You're wonderful. 2020. Democratic Party. This is Democratic Congressional Candidate Cori Bush. You can put her pick up. You're awesome. Cause calls to defund the Pentagon. <laughs> she wants to defund the Pentagon. Yeah, put that roll that tweet right on there, brother. There you go. And notice who retweeted it on the top. Ilhan Omar retweeted. Come on, Minnesota. Get rid of that hack. Come on. Cori Bush, if you're having a bad day, just think of all the social services we're going to fund after we defund the Pentagon. <laughs> There's the liberal answer to everything. Social services. Have you ever tried working dip squat? You ever tried it? Ever tried working a day in your life instead of being a community organizer like Barack Hussein Obama, who's never worked a day in his freaking life either? I got you. 10 minutes till debate. Might as well stay with me. Just switch right over. Go to YouTube. Watch the debate right after me. Stay with me for another eight minutes or so. So she tweeted that out. That's your Democratic Party 2020. Here's her video. Play that for me for 16 seconds. And let me also thank somebody that stood with me that did not have to stand with me that you all probably know very well. I got to call out Senator Bernie Sanders. Thank you, Bernie. Hey, freeze that for me right there if you could. There you go. Hey, that looks like about every church service that's going on in America right now. Everybody's all masked up. 
maybe a bunch of baby butchering socialists right there. It looks like the modern day church. Hey, your house divided against itself, right? Are you really divided against these people when you actually are wearing masks? You look just like them. Are you really divided against them? Christians, Pastor Love, who loves everybody so much that you lie to them about masks' efficacy. Is it really loving? You bring it back to me, Aaron. Thank you. Is it really loving to tell people that something works that doesn't? We got just enough time for this one, and we'll call it a night. This is from the Seattle Police Department. This is uh, body cam footage, Seattle Police Department. This is from the Gateway Pundit via a tweet from L. From today, Seattle police officer injured after feral Antifa Black Lives Matter thug attacks officers with a burning spear. L tweets, I completely missed this the other day. A feral Antifa BLM Cretan stabbed a police officer with a spear. The spear was on fire. Great job, Mayor Jenny Durkin. Play the video for me. South of Westlake. Here's Joe Biden's America. Come on, let's watch 55 seconds of Joe Biden's America. Here he is. There's a Joe Biden supporter with his flaming spear. Looks like he's going to try out for a role on Braveheart. There he goes. There's the Joe Biden supporter. They've been dispatched to this guy, obviously. And take a look at what happened. They should just run him over. I'll tell you when they should run him over. Ready? Hit the gas right now. Hit the gas. That's somebody's baby in that car being attacked with a flaming spear. And I just wanted this to be caught and want this to be uh, etched into your mind. President Trump has been asked to denounce white supremacy 18 billion times. And when has Joe Biden ever been asked to denounce that? Nor, let me just do this. Has he uh, proactively denounced Black Lives Matter or Antifa ever? The answer to that is no. He uses convoluted camouflaged ver- verbiage like no rioting or no violence or whatever, but he never comes out and speaks against people like that. Hence the reason why all the previous democratic leaning police unions are now endorsing president Trump. Get this one. What do we got? Four minutes to the debate. Oh, we still got seven minutes to the debate. Here we go. This illegal right here killed a Houston Police officer, play that video for me. Tonight, new charges have been filed against a man accused of killing a Houston police sergeant. Elmer Manzano is also charged with being a felon and illegal immigrant in possession of a firearm. That's on top of capital murder charges that could ultimately lead to the death penalty. Grace White takes a closer look at the case. It's a tragedy that's shaken the ranks of Houston police. Two officers shot, one Sergeant Harold Preston, a 41-year-old veteran, dead, responding to a domestic disturbance call. And Officer Courtney Waller, shot in the arm. Seen here when he graduated from the police academy three years ago. Anybody like Manzano who murders a police officer like that needs to understand they're looking at the death penalty. That's the law in Texas. Everybody to me will cut this short. So Elmer Manzano, was he ever supposed to be in the United States? No. 
Democrats will let everybody in this country. They'll, they've even vowed to take down the 300, just so the, for the idiots that put out there. And, I, and let me just emphasize this once again. Idiots that put out there that Trump hasn't accomplished, really accomplished anything on the wall. There's an idiot rumor out there that he actually has only done three miles of wall. It's absolutely incorrect. He's done almost 300 miles of wall with 260 more, more miles actually already formed up and ready to be poured. He'll have those 260 in before he's even uh, before he's even reinaugurated in, in, in January. But Elmer Manzano's never should have been let in the country. Harold Preston, a 41-year veteran of the Houston Police Department, shot and killed because Elmer, because people are too politically cowardice to take a stand and say, you know what? That person's not allowed in this country. Or once they find them, to deport their butt back to Mexico where they belong. He was an habitual wife abuser, habitual felon, and nobody, I guarantee you, People weren't calling ICE when they were supposed to be calling ICE in their little stupid sanctuary cities. That's going on all over this country. And because of it, there's rapes and there's murders, not only of cops, but citizens. Because sanctuary cities, when you when you arrest certain illegal aliens, it is mandatory that you call ICE. And ICE will take them into custody and determine whether to deport them or not. And these sanctuary cities aren't doing that. And I have a strong suspicion that Houston pulled that crap. I don't know that, but I'll bet you it could have happened. Let's pray over the debate tonight. Lord, we ask you to give President Trump a resounding victory over Joe Biden. I don't care what people think about that prayer request. I pray it in Jesus name. Give him a resounding victory. I ask you to expose the devil tonight, which is the Democratic Party in this debate. Expose their evil. I ask you, Lord, not just for a victory for President Trump, but a resounding victory. And I give him every word that he wants to say. Make everything go his way. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Back here, 830 Saturday. I love you guys. Have a great Thursday. Get to the debate.